Hey, hey, welcome back. All right. It's hanging with Mr. Douglas time. This time it's chapter 14 of The Power of Your Subconscious Mind. And while I didn't necessarily like read the whole thing, uh, recently I did peruse the title of this chapter, Your Subconscious Mind and Marital Problems. Really, I think it should be called just, you know, uh, Ways to Optimize Relationships. Relationship Problems Optimized. Or not optimize the problem, you know, the solution. Anyway, let's get to it. Hey, I'm happy you're here. Here we go. Ignorance of the functions and powers of the mind is the cause of all marital trouble. Friction between husband and wife can be solved by each using the law of mind correctly. By praying together, they stay together. The contemplation of divine ideals, the study of the laws of life, the mutual agreement on common purpose and plan, and the enjoyment of personal freedom bring about that harmonious marriage, that wedded bliss, that sense of oneness, where the two become one. Yeah, couched in a more uh, conservative kind of classical language, but really, the mutual agreement on a common purpose and plan. Hey, let's get together. I want you to feel good. I want to feel good with you. How best to do that but to have you feel good. And so we feel good together. The best time to prevent divorce is before marriage. Good one, Mr. Murphy. It is not wrong to try to get out of a very bad situation. But why get into the bad situation in the first place? Would it not be better to give attention to the real cause of marital problems? In other words, to really get at the root of the matter involved? As with all other problems of men and women, the problems of divorce, separation, annulment, and endless litigation are directly traceable to lack of knowledge of the working and interrelationship of the conscious and subconscious mind. And again, before we move forward, hey, shit happens. I'm going to keep bringing it up. The mind is not the only thing at play here. And, you know, there are circumstances in everybody's lives that are, you know, what make us all unique and make us all uniquely challenging at times to deal with. So, yo, if you find yourself in a bad situation, get yourself out that situation. Totally, I'm with ya. But I like the idea of, hey, if you can spot the red flags beforehand, if you see a red flag over there, don't go over there. Okay. The meaning of marriage. Marriage, to be real, must first be on a spiritual basis. It must be of the heart. And the heart is the chalice of love. Honesty, sincerity, kindness, and integrity are also forms of love. Each partner should be perfectly honest and sincere with the other. It's not a true marriage when a man marries a woman for her money, social position, or to lift his ego, because this indicates a lack of sincerity, honesty, and true love. Such a marriage is a farce, a sham, and a masquerade. When a woman says, I'm tired of working, I want to get married because I want security, her premise is false. She's not using the law of mind correctly. Her security depends upon her knowledge of the interaction of the conscious and subconscious mind and its application. 
For example, a woman will never lack for wealth or health if she applies the techniques outlined in the respective chapters of this book. Her wealth can come to her independent of her husband, father, or anyone else. A woman is not dependent on her husband for wealth, peace, joy, inspiration, guidance, love, wealth, security, happiness, or anything in the world. Her security and peace of mind come from her knowledge of the inner powers within her and from the constant use of the laws of her own mind in a constructive fashion. How to Attract the Ideal Husband You are now acquainted with the way your subconscious mind works. You know that whatever you impress upon it will be experienced in your world. Begin now to impress your subconscious mind with the qualities and characteristics you desire in a man. The following is an excellent technique. Sit down at night in your armchair. Close your eyes. Let go. Relax the body. Become very quiet, passive, and receptive. Talk to your subconscious mind and say to it, I am now attracting a man into my experience who is honest, sincere, loyal, faithful, peaceful, happy and prosperous. These qualities which I admire are sinking down into my subconscious mind now. As I dwell upon these characteristics, they become a part of me and are embodied subconsciously. And I'm going to go ahead and do that for the dudes here as well. Sit down at night in your armchair, close your eyes, let go, relax the body, become very quiet. Talk to your subconscious mind and say to it, I am now attracting a woman into my experience who is honest, sincere, loyal, faithful, peaceful, happy, and prosperous. These qualities which I admire are sinking down into my subconscious mind now. As I dwell upon these characteristics, they become a part of me and are embodied subconsciously. Let's all find ourselves some wonderful relations. I know there is an irresistible law of attraction that I attract to me a man or woman according to my subconscious belief. I attract that which I feel to be true in my subconscious mind. I know I can contribute to his or her peace and happiness. He or she loves my ideals and I love his or her ideals. They do not want to make me over, neither do I want to make them over. There is mutual love, freedom, and respect. Practice this process of impregnating your subconscious mind. Then you will have the joy of attracting to you a person possessing the qualities and characteristics you mentally dwelt upon. Your subconscious intelligence will open up a pathway whereby both of you will meet according to the irresistible and changeless flow of your own subconscious mind. Have a keen desire to give the best that is in you of love, devotion, and cooperation. Be receptive to this gift of love which you have given to your subconscious mind. How to Attract the Ideal Wife Affirm as follows. I now attract the right woman 
who is in complete accord with me. This is a spiritual union, because it is divine love functioning through the personality of someone with whom I blend perfectly. I know I can give to this woman love, light, peace, and joy. I feel and believe I can make this woman's life full, complete, and wonderful. I now decree that she possesses the following qualities and attributes. She is spiritual, loyal, faithful, and true. She is harmonious, peaceful, and happy. We are irresistibly attracted to each other. Only that which belongs to love, truth, and beauty can enter my experience. I accept my ideal companion now. As you think quietly and with interest on the qualities and attributes which you admire in the companion you seek, you will build the mental equivalent into your mentality. Then the deeper currents of your subconscious mind will bring both of you together in divine order. No need for third mistake. Interesting subtitle. Recently, a teacher said to me, I have had three husbands, and all three have been passive, submissive, and dependent on me to make all the decisions and govern everything. Why do I attract such type men? I asked her whether she had known that her second husband was the effeminate type. And she replied, well, of course not. Had I known, I would not have married him. Apparently, she had not learned anything from the first mistake. The trouble was with her own personality makeup. She was very masculine, domineering, and unconsciously wanted someone who would be submissive and passive, so that she could play the dominant role. All this was unconscious motivation, and her subconscious picture attracted to her what she subjectively wanted. She had to learn to break the pattern by adopting the right prayer process. Listening to a very wonderful podcast, What Magic Is This? I highly recommend checking it out if you enjoy deep and well-researched discussions on all things magical. Uh, they had a New Thought episode, which technically is what Joseph Murphy was about, though they didn't mention Mr. Murphy at all. Uh, and it did say that the one really, really good thing, because there are a lot of not-so-good things about the uh, New Thought movement and how it has been warped and manipulated, though, again, uh, Mr. Murphy was not mentioned, and his style that we are engaging with here absolutely goes well over and passes through all the crap uh, that has been associated with and uh, kind of injected into the new thought idea. But uh, the really great idea and the really good thing, the powerful thing that this stuff makes you do is look at what you want. Really, you know, take the, what do you really want? Look at the pattern that you produce. What is it that you are putting out there for yourself. Is that what you want? Do you want to change that? Well, Joseph Murphy and Mr. Douglas can help with that. Moving on. How she broke the negative pattern. The above-mentioned woman learned a simple truth. When you believe you can have the type of man you realize, it is done unto you as you believe. The following is the specific prayer she used to break the old subconscious pattern and attract to her the ideal mate. I am building into my mentality the type of man I deeply desire. The man I attract for a husband is strong, powerful, 
loving, very masculine, successful, honest, loyal, and faithful. He finds love and happiness with me. I love to follow where he leads. I know he wants me and I want him. I am honest, sincere, loving, and kind. I have wonderful gifts to offer him. They are goodwill, a joyous heart, and a healthy body. He offers me the same. It is mutual. I give and I receive. Divine intelligence knows where this man is, and the deeper wisdom of my subconscious mind is now bringing both of us together in its own way. And we recognize each other immediately. I release this request to my subconscious mind, which knows how to bring my request to pass. I give thanks for the perfect answer. She prayed in the above manner night and morning, affirming these truths and knowing that through frequent occupation of the mind, she would reach the mental equivalent of that which she sought. And, you know, hey, for both of us, what seems to be a recurrent uh, piece of the puzzle here when it comes to engaging with your subconscious mind is be what it is that you're looking for. You give and you receive. You are healthy, so are they. If this is what you want, it's got to be in you first. I dig it. I dig it. The answer to her prayer. Several months went by. She had a great number of dates and social engagements, none of which was agreeable to her. When she was about to question, waver, doubt, and vacillate, she reminded herself that the infinite intelligence was bringing it to pass in its own way and that there was nothing to be concerned about. Her final decree in her divorce proceedings was granted, which brought her a great sense of release and mental freedom. Shortly afterward, she went back to work as a receptionist in a doctor's office. She told me that the minute she saw the physician, she knew he was the man she was praying about. Apparently, he knew it too, because he proposed to her the first week she was in the office, and their subsequent marriage was ideally happy. This physician was not the passive or submissive type, but was a real man, a former football player, an outstanding athlete, and was a deeply spiritual man, though he was completely devoid of any sectarian or denominational affiliation. Chill did. She got what she prayed for because she claimed it mentally until she reached the point of saturation. In other words, she mentally and emotionally united with her idea, and it became a part of her in the same way that an apple becomes a part of her bloodstream. Should I get a divorce? Divorce is an individual problem. It cannot be generalized. In some cases, of course, there never should have been a marriage. In some cases, divorce is not the solution, no more so than marriage is the solution for a lonely man. Divorce may be right for one person and wrong for another. A divorced woman may be far more sincere and noble than many of her married sisters who perhaps are living a lie. For example, I once talked with a woman whose husband was a dope fiend, an ex-convict, a wife-beater, and a non-provider. F that dude. She had been told it was wrong to get a divorce. I explained to her that marriage is of the heart. If two hearts blend harmoniously, lovingly, and sincerely, that is the ideal marriage. The pure action of the heart is love. Following this explanation, she knew what to do. She knew in her heart that there is no divine law which compelled her to be browbeaten, intimidated, 
and beaten because someone said, I pronounce you man and wife. All right, lady. If you are in doubt as to what to do, ask for guidance, knowing that there is always an answer and you will receive it. Follow the lead that comes to you in the silence of your soul. It speaks to you in peace. Drifting into divorce. Recently, a young couple married for only a few months were seeking a divorce. I discovered that the young man had a constant fear that his wife would leave him. He expected rejection, and he believed that she would be unfaithful. These thoughts haunted his mind and became an obsession with him. His mental attitude was one of separation and suspicion. Bro, get a hold of yourself. She felt unresponsive to him. It was his own feeling or atmosphere of loss and separation operating through them. This brought about a condition or action in accordance with the mental pattern behind it. There is a law of action and reaction, or cause and effect. The thought is the action, and the response of the subconscious mind is the reaction. His wife left home and asked for a divorce, which is what he feared and believed she would do. Divorce begins in the mind. Divorce takes place first in the mind. Illegal proceedings follow after. These two young people were full of resentment, fear, suspicion, and anger. These attitudes weaken, exhaust, and debilitate the whole being. They learned that hate divides and that love unites. They began to realize what they had been doing with their minds. Neither one of them knew the law of mental action, and they were misusing their minds and bringing on chaos and misery. These two people went back together at my suggestion and experimented with prayer therapy. They began to radiate love, peace, and goodwill to each other. Each one practiced radiating harmony, health, peace, and love to the other, and they alternated in the reading of the Psalms every night. Their marriage is growing more beautiful every day. To this note, actually, I was uh, packing up. I'm about uh, getting ready to move to the East Coast. And uh, on the background, I had a really great, uh, like, three-hour session of uh, Supercut of Wayne Dyer. And he talked about his relationship with his wife and how he and his wife love each other. They loved each other very much. But for a time, they would get into fights. They would be kind of antagonizing each other. And they both recognized, hey, wait a minute, you know what, I don't, they would get into fights. They would, they would both try and one-up each other, prove to each other that their opinion was right, that they were right and the other person was wrong. And if only the other person saw that they were right and they were wrong, well, we could move on. But you have to acknowledge that I am right and you are not. They both felt that way. But then they both recognized that they felt that way. And they both realized that, hey, wait a minute, we love each other. I don't need to be right to love you. And so instead of deciding to be right, they both decided, hey, let's instead do everything we can to first be kind to each other. I want to be kind to you. I want you to feel radiating kindness from me first. We can talk about all the other stuff after, but first, like I said in the beginning, I want you to feel good. And he said that once they had made that simple shift, putting Kindness and basically your partner before yourself in your mind, ensuring that they were okay before anything else. Their whole relationship, like massive upgrade, doo -doo -doo, like they were, oh my God, we are united. Uh, to a, a point where, you know, Wayne Dyer, if you haven't listened to him, he's uh, 
got some very interesting things to say. Long story short, it worked out really well for them. Moving on. The nagging wife. Hmm. Many times the reason the wife nags is because she gets no attention. Oftentimes it is a craving for love and affection. Give your wife attention and show your appreciation. Praise and exalt all her many good points. There is also the nagging type of woman who wants to make the man conform to her particular pattern. This is about the quickest way in the world to get rid of a man. Yeah. The wife and the husband must cease being scavengers, always looking at the petty faults or errors in each other. Let each other give attention and praise for the constructive and wonderful qualities in each other. Like Wayne Dyer said, be kind to each other first. The Brooding Husband If a man begins to brood, grows morbid against his wife because of the things she said or did, he is, psychologically speaking, committing adultery. One of the meanings of adultery is idolatry, i.e. giving attention to or uniting mentally with that which is negative and destructive. When a man is silently resenting his wife and is full of hostility toward her, he is unfaithful. He is not faithful to his marriage vows, which are to love, cherish, and honor her all the days of his life. The man who is brooding, bitter, and resentful can swallow his sharp remarks, abate his anger, and go to great lengths to be considerate, kind, and courteous. He can deftly skirt the differences. Through praise and mental effort, he can get out of this habit of antagonism. Then he'll be able to get along better, not only with his wife, but with business associates also. Assume the harmonious state and eventually you will find peace and harmony. Well, right, and remember, it's not for everybody. It's always going to be a particular case. You know, sometimes the best thing to do is to peace out. Thanks a lot. We're done. But why not look into everything you can to see if we can make this relationship go, work? and be of benefit to both of us. I mean, there's a reason we were attracted to each other in the first place, right? Dude, don't be a chode. Talk to your wife. The Great Mistake A great mistake is to discuss your marital problems or difficulties with neighbors and relatives. Suppose, for example, a wife says to the neighbor, John never gives me any money. He treats my mother abominably drinks to excess and is constantly abusive and insulting. Now the wife is degrading and belittling her husband in the eyes of all the neighbors and relatives. He no longer appears as the ideal husband to them. Never discuss your marital problems with anyone except a trained counselor. Why cause numerous people to think negatively of your marriage? Moreover, as you discuss and dwell upon these shortcomings of your husband, you're actually creating these states within yourself. Who is thinking and feeling it? You are. As you think and feel, so are you. Relatives will usually give you the wrong advice. It is usually biased and prejudiced because it is not given in an impersonal way. Any advice you receive which violates the golden rule, which is a cosmic law, is not good or sound. It is well to remember that no two human beings ever lived beneath the same roof without clashes of temperament, periods of hurt and strain. Never display the unhappy side of your marriage to your friends. Keep your quarrels to yourself. 
refrain from criticism and condemnation of your partner. And just as a, a quick aside, I remember my dad actually told me a story once. You know, he had some friends, a uh, married couple, that were having some troubles. And they came to him and, and spoke to him, I think individually, one first, then the other, about the issues. And my dad, being the cool dude that he was, was like, okay, hey, look, you know, you guys have come to me, both of you. Clearly, there's some things that you want to talk about. Let's go ahead and talk about them. All right. You've said this to me about him and you've said this to me about her. You know, let's go ahead and address it, thinking that he would be the mediator, the, the bridge to bind these two people back together. And they turned on him. They turned on his ass and were like, oh, man, how could you do that? You suck, dude. And uh, I don't I think they were both they, they were united in their vitriol toward him. But it completely backfired for him to think that he would be, uh, you know, doing a solid to his friends by trying to bridge this uh, communication gap between the two of them. Uh, so, yeah, uh, uh, to those of us who are the people that are being reached out to, you know, take a step back, maybe take a moment and be like, you know, thank you for coming to me. I appreciate that. But it sounds like this is something that you need to discuss with your partner. I don't have anything to do with this. However, I absolutely wish you the absolute best outcome, whatever that may be. But that's up to you two, not to me. Don't try to make your wife over. A husband must not try to make his wife over into a second edition of himself. The tactless attempt to change her in many ways is foreign to her nature. These attempts are always foolish and many times result in a dissolution of the marriage. These attempts to alter her destroy her pride and self-esteem and arouse a spirit of contrariness and resentment that proves fatal to a marriage bond. Adjustments are needed, of course, but if you have a good look inside your own mind and study your character and behavior, you will find so many shortcomings. They'll keep you busy the rest of your life. If you say, I will make him over into what I want, you're looking for trouble and the divorce court. You are asking for misery. You'll have to learn the hard way that there is no one to change but yourself. Pray together and stay together through steps in prayer. The first step, never carry over from one day to another accumulated irritations arising from little disappointments. Be sure to forgive each other for any sharpness before you retire at night. The moment you awaken in the morning, claim infinite intelligence is guiding you in all your ways. Send out loving thoughts of peace, harmony, and love to your marriage partner to all members of the family and to the whole world. The second step, say grace at breakfast. Give thanks for the wonderful food, for your abundance, and for all your blessings. Make sure that no problems, worries, or arguments shall enter into the table conversation. The same applies at dinner time. Say to your wife or husband, I appreciate all you are doing, and I radiate love and goodwill to you all day long. And you know, quick pause. Hey, even if Grace is just doing a little Reiki and putting some energy, some good, positive, powerful energy into what you are consuming, you know, that, that certainly has uh, made a difference for me. The third step. The husband and wife should alternate in praying each night. Do not take your marriage partner for granted. Show your appreciation and love. Think appreciation and goodwill rather than condemnation, criticism, and nagging. 
The way to build a peaceful home and a happy marriage is to use a foundation of love, beauty, harmony, mutual respect, faith in God, and all things good. Read the 23rd, 27th, and 91st Psalms, the 11th chapter of Hebrews, the 13th chapter of 1 Corinthians, and other great texts of the Bible before going to sleep. As you practice these truths, your marriage will grow more and more blessed through the years. Well, I mean, I'm not married, so I haven't taken a look at uh, those particular Psalms or Hebrews or 1 Corinthians. But hey, you know, whatever works, man. If it's that, if it's the five agreements, if it's, uh, you know, learning your love language, whatever it is, do it with your wife. Do it with your husband. Get it together. Grow together. That's what it's all about. Yeah. At least uh, that's what it looks like to me from the outside. <laughs> Review your actions. And here we go. Notes to review for Chapter 14, Your Subconscious Mind and Marital Problems, or Your Subconscious Mind and Working Out Relationship Issues, Optimizing Relationships. Yeah, my subtitle. 1. Ignorance of mental and spiritual laws is the cause of all marital unhappiness. By praying scientifically together, you stay together. 2. The best time to prevent divorce is before marriage. If you learn how to pray in the right way, you will attract the right mate for you. 3. Marriage is a union of a man and a woman who are bound together by love. Their hearts beat as one, and they move onward, upward, and Godward. And hey, marriage is for two people who love each other. Boom. 4. Marriage does not bequeath happiness. People find happiness by dwelling on the eternal truths of God and the spiritual values of life. Then the man and woman can contribute to each other's happiness and joy. 5. You attract the right mate by dwelling on the qualities and characteristics you admire in a woman or a man, and then your subconscious mind will bring you together in divine order. 6. You must build into your mentality the mental equivalent of what you want in a marriage partner. If you want to attract an honest, sincere, and loving partner in life, you must be honest, sincere, and loving yourself. 7. You do not have to repeat mistakes in marriage. When you really believe you can have the type of man or woman you idealize, it is done unto you as you believe. To believe is to accept something as true. Accept your ideal companion now, mentally. 8. Do not wonder how, why, or where you will meet this mate you are praying for. Trust implicitly the wisdom of your subconscious mind. It has the know-how, and you don't have to assist it. 9. You are mentally divorced when you indulge in peeves, grudges, ill will, and hostility towards your marriage partner. You're mentally dwelling with error in the bed of your mind. Adhere to your marriage vows. I promise to cherish, love, and honor him or her all the days of my life. 10. Cease projecting fear patterns to your marriage partner. Project love, peace, harmony, and goodwill, and your marriage will grow more beautiful and more wonderful through the years. 11. Radiate love, peace, and goodwill to each other. These vibrations are picked up by the subconscious mind, resulting in mutual trust, affection, and respect. 12. 
A nagging wife is usually seeking attention and appreciation. She's craving for love and affection. Praise and exalt her many good points. Show her that you love her and appreciate her. 13. A man who loves his wife does not do anything unloving or unkind in word, manner, or action. Love is what love does. 14. In marital problems, always seek expert advice. You would not go to a carpenter to pull a tooth, neither should you discuss your marriage problems with relatives or friends. You should go to a trained person for counsel. 15. Never try to make your wife or husband over. These attempts are always foolish and tend to destroy the pride and self-esteem of the other. Moreover, it arouses a spirit of resentment that proves fatal to the marriage bond. Cease trying to make the other a second edition of yourself. 16. Pray together and you will stay together. Scientific prayer solves all problems. Mentally picture your wife as she ought to be, joyous, happy, healthy, and beautiful. See your husband as he ought to be, strong, powerful, loving, harmonious, and kind. Maintain this mental picture and you will experience the marriage made in heaven, which is harmony and peace. All right, that'll do it for chapter 14. Some pretty interesting ideas here to uh, work on getting that wonderful person in your life. I think it's a great idea. Why not first imbue yourself with all the qualities you are looking for, you know, mentally, within the mate that you are looking for. That's, you know, a harmonious person, a spiritual person, a person who's got confidence, who's ready to love, ready to communicate. You got to do all that for yourself first, though. You got to be that person. That is all. I mean, I, I like it. I like it, Joseph Marvet. And hey, I like you guys too. Thanks for hanging. I appreciate you. And I do hope you find your absolute ideal mate that you may level up on this fantastic, wild, crazy, and wonderful, always surprising journey that is this life. As far as I can recall, in life, as in video games these days, while sometimes it's cool to go solo, you get the most rewards when you battle the bosses with a solid partner. Hey, thanks for hanging. Until next time.